On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the taste buds are ready to say goodbye to Why the Last Man, if they still love X-Men the Animated Series after not watching it in forever, and Mike sits down with Keelan and Adam of Homo Superior to talk about the horrors of wrangling five people on a podcast. All that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show based on a comic book or comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host for this episode. I will be the host for the whole episode. Thank you very much. I will not let anybody take this over. It is me and only me hosting, but I do have friends with me. First of all, of course, Ryan. Hey, uh, so are we doing... The, the studio still looks like garbage after... The 400th episode. Like, is somebody going to pick up around here? Yeah, I don't know. Who, I thought that was you were in charge That's of that. That's not my job, and I keep telling you that. No, I'm pretty sure, like, we had a little chore chart, and it was like, Ryan does Let's the trash, he does the cleaning. Do you want to just say does... it's Mike does it all? You know what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike? Mike. Yeah? What? It, hey, do you see the studio? Look around right, right now, Mike. Ne- next time I'm in town, I'll clean up the studio, guys. That is my solemn promise. Uh, so you just went away for a weekend just to not clean up? Yeah. I'm I'm kind of on the lamb, as they say. So I, I rented a uh, what are those steel trailers called? Steel trailer. Airstream. <laughs> I stole an airstream, and uh, I'm just recording from different remote places around the country. Okay. And where are you today? Oh, to, I can say this because we don't release it right away. I'm in sunny Minneapolis. <laughs> How is that? How's Minneapolis treating you? People are rude here for some reason. Man, what assholes. Um, but I do need you to hurry on up because, like, again, we are covered. We're standing in filth right now. So are you making your way back? Yeah, looking at my map, uh, I should be there in about seven weeks. I'll get back to the studio. Great. So, so I'm just if you guys keep... can hold off until then. No, I'm going to keep throwing my trash on the ground. And then until no, you get exactly. here. No, exactly. It gonna... just means you don't have to use the, the tubs or dishwasher or anything. You just... I'm just going to treat it like uh, how I treat my car when it starts to break down. Like It'll probably fix itself. <laughs> oh, you got it. one of those self-fixing cars? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the newest technology. It's never worked before, but I'm due. That's true. You guys, is it literally, it's just us today? Is it just us three here today? What are we going to do with that? I don't know how to talk to just you two. I know. I feel like, especially after the event of the 400th episode, things are awkward now. Um, yeah. We we did a lot of weird things, and so uh, I guess let's just not make eye contact. We can do the show if we don't make eye contact. Eye contact is difficult. That's better. I'm gonna put up one of those cubby things that we put in elementary school, but with the folders, so you make sure you didn't privacy off board. Each other. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> it's called a privacy board. Is that what they called it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm putting those up. So if you guys, so you can't look over at me, or if you're an adult, you know it as a D and D or a dungeon masters sheet yes to, to, like so a real adult. adult like an adult sure. <laughs> i'm a like 40 old businessman mine has a dragon on it like a real goddamn adult <laughs> but yeah so you guys can't cheat off my answers you can't see what the show is about except for i will tell you the main event we're covering why the last man finale and you know we're getting back to x taz 
<gasps> Can you guys believe it? It's been so long. We're going to finally return to Excess. Um, so that'll be near towards the end. But before that, let's go to our main event. On the season one finale turned series finale of Why the Last Man, the Amazons have found our last man, Yorick, who has been hanging out at a compound, and they are on a mission to overtake the compound and murder him. He almost doesn't make it after getting caught, but luckily it was it was his sister who found him and helps him escape. The series ends with our hero's journey just beginning to look promising after getting drop supplies and a map. Taste buds, I ask you, did watching this perfect setup for the next season make you a little sad? I mean, there's a yes. there's a lot of stuff that is unresolved. Let's say so I'm, much. I'm gonna guess that they did not know this could or would be their <laughs> final episode. Literally, nothing is resolved. It's literally I think the be- we- beginning of like the tightest story that was about to happen. Like it was just a good dr- like trailer drop, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I I think this was a great first season. All the characters are different people from who they were in episode one, but not like in a sitcom way of like, what are they even going to do next season? Like they are so clearly in act one of their hero's journey, and I'm particularly interested in hero's journey. You particularly? Yeah. Uh, we. So I guess we could start with her because um, we got a lot of flash. She was the flashback queen mostly, um, which if this is the last episode, it's, it sucks to like go back in time. I'm right. I'm going to just pretend that it's not the last episode. Like no, they somebody's going to pick it up. Uh, hopefully real big fish. And we got I don't we got a very drunk hero uh, uh-huh. burning down the house, just taking down all of her family at dinner. <laughs> Burning down the house. And then everybody's like, Hero, shut the fuck up. And she's like, what? And I I got to relate to everything that Hero did in this scene. I <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I will say, like, she's she escalated because they, they she did make an innocuous joke about how hard York's white cis male. <laughs> and then they all acted like she threw somebody else's dick on the table like yeah they were really and then she went oh if i can don't make if i make a little joke and you act like this i will make this worse now (laughs) i i i also like all season she's like i can't even see my mom who's now present even though the world is on fire and i was like what happened are we gonna learn something terrible about jennifer brown no 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 it is hero actually is it was and always has been a villain in a pretty normal family Uh, (laughs) but we have a she is a selfish asshole we have a loss in translation moment where the president Jennifer yeah. whispers something into her ear and then leaves, and it shakes Hero, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Is it? Do you think it's like I cheated first, or I knew about I knew about the affair, or I I yeah, that's a good guess, or I named you stupidly on purpose, or you're adopted. <laughs> I never loved you. There's so many things. That, there's so many routes I could have took. You're adopted, uh, and wait for it. I never loved you. <laughs> <laughs> Mar- married Mike is your long lost brother. <laughs> But yeah, her just like, as soon as she was like, she just screamed at him to like, who are you texting? I was like, yeah, yeah girl, fuck it up. Let's yeah. go, I guess. She was right there because obviously he he like, he keeps missing toasts because he's texting his fling. But for her to be like, back me up. Come on, York. Back me up here. It's cool that I'm sleeping with a married man about to have a baby. And that she wasn't being like, trying to be an asshole because she got to that drunk level. Like, no, I am right. Why is nobody supporting me in my choices? <laughs> it, here's the thing. Like... She was a dick, and that was probably a lovely dinner listening to Yorick ramble on and on for hours. But with the parents, the parents look at Hero and they're like, we didn't do anything tonight to like necessitate this behavior. There's nothing that uh-huh. happened. We didn't tell Hero to fuck off tonight. 
and they just can't see that it's the years of neglect and being selfish, shitty people that put her right. that made her like this. Not anything that happened tonight. But again, like the the way she acted in the post apocalypse made you think it was something bad and not just typical family shit. Maybe that's what the show is trying to say. It's just like families hurt each other all the time. Like, or they're stupid. Man, put your goddamn phone away. Or go to the bathroom or it's something. It's so easy. It's so easy. But yeah. We also have, um, she fit in well. I'm glad I, I, this episode made me want to watch the whole series because it was such a good like episode. And um, just getting her with the Amazons seemed like she was a perfect fit for them because all of them are a bit wild. But especially the lead <laughs> lady. who what I can't remember her name. but the, Roxanne. The real country chick. Yeah. Roxanne. Yeah. She was bringing a whole lot in this one. Well, well, I, I love Roxanne because she's such a fucking idiot is uh, <laughs> Nora lays out a great plan to take down the prison because they're dumb and think it's not a bunch of escaped convicts. They, they're just like, oh, all these soccer moms who are doing better than literally anybody else we've seen. I bet they'll be easy to take out. <laughs> and Nora's like has a map. She does apologize that it's not painted or to scale. And she has a map. She's like, here's how we're going to take it out. And Roxanne's like, no, we shoot into the sky and we scream because she can't <laughs> let anybody else even have the slightest bit of power, even if the power is like, here's how we keep people alive. Mm. And there's, I thought there was a very interesting thing towards the end. By the way, um, sorry to spoil Cassie, but this is two weeks in a row, two episodes in a row where the weakest written like really two-dimensional shitty villain was just mm. fucking blown away. Mm. Uh, which, that, that makes me more excited for the second season than anything is that they got rid of all the shitty characters. But before um, Nora shoots Roxanne, Nora says, you're a man. You just, you just became a man. And that really got me thinking like how those, so she calls her like you, you rule by fear. You rule by lying, right? All the things that are, you're manipulative. You make people in your own image type shit. Like, right. Anything that's not your way is wrong. Quintessential male behavior, but when you think about it, and I'm not defending men, no one <laughs> should accuse me of that, but it's uh, it's just that men have been in power for so long. It's human behavior that men have been in power for so long that we mostly see it from them, but right. it's been men mostly so far in society that have used all these terrible bullying methods in mm-hmm. order to remain in power because that's the only thing that's important. Like you said, my... Um, I don't care what the plan is. I don't care how stupid it is as long as I'm in power and I get the respect I think I deserve. Right. That was, I don't know. That was interesting. But I think that's interesting, but it's also Nora's, like I think Nora's been laying truth bombs for the whole season and which is why Roxanne doesn't like her. But it's Roxanne's whole deal is like, this has to be a new world, fuck men. But she is horseshit because she's being exactly what she hated the whole time. How how does it feel, Ryan? So, Cassie, is this the only episode you watched? Hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, Why the last episode? I, I would say go watch the show. <laughs> read the comics. Too. How do you feel that this whole season, Ryan, was a secret origin story of Victoria, the leader of the Amazons from the comics? Uh, I'm, I, I guess I could have given the show more faith and known that Roxanne isn't going to stick around. I don't remember the comics as well as I should or as you do. Um, but... Putting like looking back at the last couple of episodes now, like it all makes total sense that Roxanne had to get got. Her origin was so mm. so stupid. If you don't remember, yeah, uh, she stole Law and Order. What if Dina DVDs. from the Superstore? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, what a post-apocalyptic group. <laughs> that I would believe way way more than <laughs> Roxanne. Um, but yeah, Nora slowly taking over, finding her moment, being political, being smart, 
you know um mm-hmm. she's, she's gonna be just as manipulative it's just that fear-based bullying that the world is kind of tired of they're kind of yeah. tired of it in the post-apocalypse too no but i think it's gonna have an upswing back in the post about people <laughs> will be like no you know what i miss being bullied <laughs> there's too much niceness now um so we do i want to um is it agent 355 mm-hmm. yeah huge fan of her love love that that's oh, what like she's boss is she so who do we think um it's so hard to ask questions when we don't know where it's gonna go but like so she was working the agency that like she worked for is apparently still out there is that who's giving her like the all the yeah. supplies that's the culpa ring they she smashed her little tracker a couple episodes ago and so when a new one is just on her windowsill that's why that's a little scary mm. uh and apparently it leads her to another one like that i coincidence or whatever but that is who kidnapped jennifer brown sam and beth that is other members of the culpa ring because we've met the leader in uh 355's flashbacks that's who brought her in the older black uh woman and then the the white chick with the spiky hair uh is who 355 fought in when they she went to the first culpa ring safe house okay so we've we Ryan and I have met these characters, Cassie, and so explain. <laughs> so yes, this, this is all connected. So the culpa ring, it seems like maybe are no longer working for the president. If they ever were, they are doing their own thing. And the first season reminds me a lot of the Sweet Tooth first season in that we're a little post-apocalypse. We're we're trying to world build on the fly, um, uh-huh. and then we have all these characters that are spread out all over the place. And then Sweet Tooth did it a little more grandiose a little more obvious but right at the end we're going to bring them all together um, right. to continue the story and so yeah it, like, I don't know if it would happen in the first episode of the second season but we can see a way where everyone could be back together now yeah and just never get it it's the saddest thing you guys do you think um, all the test tubes and everything was that to save the monkeys are the monkeys and the squirrels is that all to save the little animals is that the most important task no, I, I think that humanity I think is. is... I think it is. I think you're wrong. <laughs> it's not called A, the last monkey. <laughs> but, I mean, Cassie's not wrong in that, like, if only humans are saved, it just means they die later. Right. And, yeah, I mean, Dr. Man, I don't know how accurate her, she is, um, but she's like, well, this animal's about to go. This animal we might yeah. be able to save a little bit longer, but this one's about to be extinct forever. That's scary shit. Yeah. Uh, Yorick did, um, how long has it been building up with that chick that he did finally sleep with? This is his only second, the only second woman he slept with in an apocalyptic world where he's the only man. (laughs) I, one, I mean, that feels like Yorick is a beta male cuck. Soy boy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, so that's fine. almost left on soy boy. Thank you for bringing in soy boy. He's part of all four quadrants. (laughs) And what, what I, an upgrade I'd say from the comics in the comics, this character is uh they call her Beth too because her name is also Beth. So the only people York sleeps with in the comics are named Beth. So I like <laughs> that the show is like, no, come on. <laughs> we can give her another name. She was also my favorite character and the best actor on the show. And she took him under the face. Yeah, that was a wild one. I was not expecting her to be shot right in that moment. How upset can you be if Beth and York get back together, they find each other. How upset can you be that he slept with someone else? I mean, he said, will you marry me? And she ran away from their apartment. So not. And you cannot be sad that. And all men perished. Right. The other yeah. thing, too, is that imagine. Plus, uh, he, he can get mad at her for taking her mom hostage. So I think they both have something to get mad oh, at. Oh, this is just tit for tat then with you. <laughs> um, 
The other thing too is that if Beth and Yorick come back together, can you imagine the pressure of? And he's like, "Yeah, let's get married." And you're married to the only male on earth. Whew. I would, I would just run and hide again. <laughs> if you're Yorick or if you're Beth, if you're Beth, like that's that's yeah. a lot of pressure. Well, that's it, it. Would at that point that marriage is selfish. He should be. I mean, really, they should do it through science, but. Go both ways. Why don't you do the science route and the, as they say, the old-fashioned way? So York just plows his way through the country, and Doctor Man is doing all the science stuff. Where go, do you, go, Red? Going back to three five five real quick. I want to give her um, a lot of props for her character acting skills. Uh, she's got two moments here. One where she's like, "Put the put the gun down." Let's just go outside without the gun. And then looks at the person, the bad guy with the gun. She's like, I'm so scared. What yeah. am I going to do? <laughs> and then also her story, which we have no idea if it's true or not, that he tells Yorick. Um, she just makes him think that she's a shoulder to cry on. Mm. And yeah. she comes back to life when Dr. Mann like, is about to interrupt. And she just puts her hand out. Like, no, yeah. I'm Agent 355. Maybe you forgot that shit, but I didn't. And Yorick didn't. She's so to, to have an actor know how to act as a character, I don't think that's easy to do. And she crushes consistently through this. And also like the the going from a timid to the Terminator when she takes the rifle and that like, oh, it was awesome. There's so much fun action stuff in this episode. Well, let's talk about that real quick. The the Amazons attack the prison where Yorick mm-hmm. and everybody is. And I have never seen like worse fighting in any war in my entire <laughs> life and if anybody who was untrained looked like that then it would you know it would like that's how it would look but when right. dudes get into action scenes untrained dudes untrained male characters get into action scenes they look like they have been training for years these women looked believable but also i feel bad because it, it looks like all the girls are saying like oh i'm gonna break a nail oh my purse <laughs> well really it's all the in those movies and shows all the untrained dudes were trained to do that and that's horse shit. I think the most of them clustering in the middle and going, we can yeah. win this fight. It's <laughs> like way more realistic. shooting guns willy nilly. But that's I I love that whole build up because like Roxanne is just all bluster, so her group is as well. They're like, yeah, we're the baddest bitches anybody's dealt with, and all these former murderers are just like we, we very politely are telling you you do not know who you're fucking with. Yeah, and then already have snipers on roofs and stuff. And then the ultimate in warrior moments is when Nora surrenders for the Amazons and Roxanne has a full-blown shit fit and <laughs> runs away screaming and kicking tables. Well, I, I loved the very calm from the prison leader. She goes, you can't shoot him after they surrender. Yeah, so reasonably. Yeah. But yeah, they that they let Roxanne kick every chair and table on her way out instead of being like, well, we can shoot her. Yeah, she doesn't count, right? There was literally so many guns firing off and as soon as like somebody called timeout, like everybody was just like, no, 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 no. There's rules here. She, she should have had a ref whistle. <laughs> <laughs> but it did feel like when when um, the Amazons stepped up, like I did feel like Shania Twain should have been playing. Like, just like, let's go, girls. I was like, this isn't a real fight. You guys can't do this. <laughs> Um, do is there any chance of this getting picked up? Like, can we have any hope, or do we have to say goodbye to this? I think the best thing to do, or the best way to tell, is just to be on Twitter, on websites, and see mm-hmm. how much they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I know that we we have recovered a lot of shows that are more under the radar than this show for sure. We have covered many yes. shows that no one has ever heard of or watched. So this is a little bit bigger than that, but it's just the budget. And in reality, the thing that did cancel it was 
they were gonna they didn't have plans for season two yet, and they were gonna have to re-sign all of the actors' contracts, which means paying them to sit at home. And they just oh, said dumb. no. Wait, wait, hold on before you sign it. Don't. And then <laughs> all the actors got let go of their contracts, which means I think it was three million dollars to pay all the actors. And you not only have to find that three million just to get them signed, but also make sure their schedules are cleared again. Because if I'm right. if I'm Diane Lane, I'm going to look for work now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, that's all the time we have to talk about why the last man. Hopefully, we'll get another chance in the future. Um, I do. I did save a little bit of time to talk about websites, though, because Mike, our little website boy, you had so many ideas. Share share your biggest idea with us. Why the last sandwich mm. is my website idea. Why, when you have roommates or you're married, do they always eat the last sandwich? What and the, so this is. Uh, are you making sandwiches <laughs> ahead yeah, of time? Like free stack sandwiches, like it, leaving it, them out on the counter. Your fridge is supposed to have sandwich ingredients, so that you can. You know what? It's your website, bro. Keep going. Yeah, it's my website. You make the sandwich for later, and then somebody always eats it. You put it on the windowsill to let it cool. <laughs> and uh, so, at why the last sandwich? We will tell you where the closest sandwich, not sandwich shop, the closest sandwich to your. So you're helping other people steal sandwiches because you've had so many sandwiches stolen? Circle of theft, my friend. Circle of theft. <laughs> Not there afraid. is no honor amongst sandwich thieves. How good are the photos, though? Like, are, Do you got to wait for somebody else to post a photo? Or oh, is it just a, no. like a GPS drop? Like These kinda... photos are so... It's like iPhone 13 portrait mode level photo, Cassie. Portrait These photos mode. look... T- like you can fucking taste the aioli in... Mu- spicy brown ground mustard damn bro you're putting aioli on these sandwiches of course they're getting snatched up that's probably the Some thing of them. that is setting out the fumes to go into people's nostrils to make them float towards the sandwich you you see yeah and then the twinkle toes push them along in the air <laughs> now like i i'm a weirdo but i enjoy yes. sometimes with my sandwiches some chips uh-huh. will the website and i know it's crazy Ooh. i don't know if i'm british or something but um Will the website let us know where there's chips that are reachable to the stolen sandwich? Well, here's because people are like, Mike, I mean, great GPS technology, great photo. Wonderful face, very handsome. (laughs) Thank you, yes. But we're here to talk about why the last sandwich. Uh, So the... It's a freemium method. You can find the closest sandwich for free. Those chips, my friend, oh. that's going to cost you. Mm. You need the subscription. I wonder if I could just at that point pay for my own. Sa- you know what? It's your website. <laughs> We're not here to poke holes in it. We're here to only make it better. And Mike, I, I have a way to make it better for you, and that's partnering up with my friend, Cybersprout.net, because they're your partner for a digital world. You know, you, you supply the sandwiches. I know you've got so much heartbreak from sandwiches always being taken from you. So I just want you yes. to reach out to... I do not supply the sandwiches, Cassie. That is, I'm sick of doing that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just want you to deal with all your pain and have Cybersprout make this website for you because, you know, they focus on collaboration. They'll work hand-in-hand hand with you. They, um, you know, they have templates that's specifically built for WordPress and they're going to uh, make it easy to manage and handle security and everything for you, speed optimization. Security and... Sp- I, this is very important because... Will they help me with getting over other people's security? Because once this is out in the public, I think people will start protecting their sandwiches, and I will need help with that. Yeah, they have pe- they have search teams that are going to scope out every house to see, you know, do they got a ring, like a ring okay. camera, whatever it is. They'll send out the people come back and report to you. That's how dedicated they are. Yeah, you got to put a camera or something on the sill, because where else am I going to cool off my sandwich? Where yeah. else? It's got to be there. What about an upstairs sill? You, now you're wild. What, you're going to walk all up? You, you know you're three steps up, you fucking trip. Hot sandwiches <laughs> going in your eyes. You, you the doctor fool, you said I can't get any more hot sandwich in my eyes. 
<laughs> but yeah, for why the last sandwich, go to cybersprout.net. All right, now it's time for us to move on to our pull list. We are back for the pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Legends of Tomorrow. In episode 101 of Legends of Tomorrow, everybody ends up in Chicago as the Bullet Blondes hide in an inclusive speakeasy to make some money before their train, and Spooner, Astra, and Gideon some like it hot their way into a mob-controlled female band. Taste Buds, I ask you this. What other old-timey movie do you want to see the Legends enact? Uh, Citizen Kane, obviously. Uh, it's the only old-timey movie I've ever heard of. have not seen it yet. I've heard it's good. There's, if you like sledding, it's fine. Isn't it mostly like Citizen Kane doing the, like the Charleston and then trains coming at the screen? Yeah. And then uh, I think Billy Corgan and his friends like all go up in a hot air balloon to the moon. It sounds awesome. <laughs> it's a wild movie. Like we could, we have watched a thousand episodes of TV that have uh, diverse casts going back through time. Is this uh-huh. the most it's ever dealt with the racial thing head on? Yeah, every fifth episode, Shield would be like, "Oh, we should probably have Max say something or deal with it." Or just and this sit show inside. is like, just put him in like the backseat of the car and don't have him come out. This show is like, no. Even though it's our goofiest show, they're like. If you were a person of color in the 1920s, you would never forget or just have fun with your friends what you're dealing with. Zar- like, Zari and the Blondes go in to buy wigs, and the guy will not even look at Zari. Mm-mm. And thinks that the Blondes will congratulate him for doing so. <laughs> ah, did you see what I did there? <laughs> My little racist ignore thing? <laughs> Which is why when, when so it ends up, uh, they do end up successful, that it's Gary on the train because they don't have enough money anymore. So Gary's on the train because uh, they had money for one ticket, and they're all in the Phantom Zone. And wouldn't you put Nick uh, or Nate on the train? Always Nate, yes. Because they've talked about Nate, square-jawed Nate is the only person who would do okay in 1925. As someone, and I know people at home, uh, as opposed to in the studio, you can't see us right now, but as the person on the show who looks identical to Nate actor mm-hmm. Nick Zano, you guys always put me in, in the front because of my square jaw yes. and my hairdo. And people just ignore us or think we're your peons, so they'll let us through. <laughs> That's why they pee on you. Yes. I could do without that part, yeah. You don't like the pee. <laughs> uh, what do they need, Mike, to get on that train? They need money. Is this the yes. first time that's ever happened in Legends? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think the so. The MacGuffin, cash. They just need cash. But I love, and this is why, Zara, you see, you're starting to see uh, why she was a successful businesswoman in year 3000 or whatever. Uh, she's like, well, we have a fridge that makes whiskey, and we're in the 20s during Prohibition. We will help fund. We will help supply this place. <laughs> it was awesome. But And this was after all of the requisite talks of please do not touch anything in the past. And yes. I just want one episode where they're like, all right, fine. And they just stand there, wait for the ship to be fixed for an hour, and then get on the ship and fly away. <laughs> I don't even want to breathe too hard. Did uh, How did... The bartender who was like the the guest star who looked like him and Zari might get together. How did uh, him teaching Zari the power of staying in the moment? Because in his head, she's too into her compact, which is her cell phone. Right. <laughs> and she can't just be at a party. Uh, how did that weird message of the week work for you? I guess Legends. Go for it. Legends always, <laughs> yeah. Legends always has a minute or two where I allow it to just be the worst. And we can say now. The all-time greatest show in the history of the superhero show show yes, era greatest. will have always from me a couple of moments where I just roll my eyes and say, whatever, <laughs> Legends. It felt like they're like, well, we want to have her and him interact. 
I don't know what they could be saying. So maybe. Oh wait, don't too late. They're so much. They're already talking, <laughs> and they filmed it. So we're good. <laughs> One take wonders. We let them riff. Let's go. How much shall we call it? Michael Scott can ice skate theory. Um, was there going on with first of all Gideon singing? Uh-huh. God damn. Well, we've known she can sing. That was great. And then Bayrod playing the guitar. And then the Bullet Blondes just doing a full on, like, That Chicago was the weirdest number. one. Like, the, the other ones I feel like have been peppered in there in the seasons. Like, we've heard Gideon as a disembodied voice and seen Gideon sing before this episode. And Bayrod, if you're that big of a stoner, I bet you can play guitar. Also, the one of the best lines is... Uh, <laughs> the the one of the jazz trios saying you play brother he goes I knew it and he goes we'll make us yeah, some pasta dude. with us it's like yeah you're such a jazz player dude come up here and make us some pasta oh my god are you uh-huh. are you just a walking jazz but yeah Sarah and Ava doing a full on 1920s style fucking review show it was crazy and into like silk acrobatics we think that they have been banging it out on their honeymoon for the last however many months it was just working choreographing (laughs) this routine (laughs) this number all right maybe ava and sarah are closer to us than we thought Ryan. um it sounds like this whole thing should be moments of the week but let's go ahead and go to that mike what is your moment of the week uh, I have two. It's uh, Nate and Gary are guarding the speakeasy door, and they're they're talking about their different relationship problems or whatever. And Nate says, "You get off on being bossed around, don't you?" And Gary, in like the biggest spine he's ever shown, says, "You're just getting that now." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the 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 big rave review ends with Sarah and Ava kissing, and the crowd goes, "Ugh!" <laughs> but it's not because it's the twenties and it's women kissing. The papers have been saying they're sisters, so they stop kissing and saying we're not sisters, and then the crowd cheers. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Towards the end, uh, Zari, like the party's basically over, or it's in full swing, and she touches her hair, and she's like, oh my god, I'm not in full costume and makeup, even though she looks spectacular. It just, yeah. it just sucks to be a girl. Like, if, there was, <laughs> if I had a uh, like, formal party tonight i would wear the t-shirt and jeans that i'm wearing right now and <laughs> no matter what happens today but she had to go from looking great to looking fancier great and she forgot to do it did you did you catch how she says i'm not in full hair and makeup and then it cuts the bar- bartender saying you look fine and it cut back to her and her hair was messier <laughs> it's like the the producers realized she didn't look that bad and somebody <laughs> ran up and just her hair this is the best show that we've ever reviewed <laughs> scientifically proven uh, Legends of Tomorrow is on Tuesdays on the CW. Our next show is Lock and Key. Uh, Gabe, on this week's uh, got Lock and Keys, uh, Gabe and Kinsey try and fail to make a new key before finding the way to make it work. Meanwhile, there's a new creep in town whose daughter makes friends with Bodie, and they have a replica of Key House, and he and Nina go on a date. Mean, meanwhile, Aaron from the original Key Club is now living with the locks and pissing off Duncan. Taste buds, I ask you this. Could you ever trust someone who has a dollhouse of your home? No, absolutely not. It's so fucking weird. It's so weird. So him, he looks like a skinny Billy Butcher from uh, the Boys. He is very handsome and pretty charming, even though he's a douche when him and Nina first meet. But then when they're like, "Well, our kids are friends. Uh, let's start over. We're both widows and widowers." And then at, Bodie sees the dollhouse and goes, "That's crazy. Very cool." And the daughter's like, "You live there? That is cool." But Nina, when she walks in and into that room, he looks embarrassed. The dad is like, "Oh, oh, you weren't supposed to see that." <laughs> and she's like, "That's my house." He's like, "Yeah, so I thought it would look weird if I told you I had a replica of your house, and now I do see that it's weirder that I didn't tell you. Do you want it?" And she's like, "No." 
And he's like, but are we still cool for our date? She's like, yeah. No. no. Dude, come on. I would have flipped those. Yes, I do want it. And no, we are not cool for a date. Yeah. You can't have somebody else having that power of a miniature version of your house. I can't have... Well, that has to be destroyed. They're playing action and- figures with you, mm-hmm. and you're doing nasty stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the nastiest stuff. Not even sex stuff, just real nasty. <laughs> uh, but what the adults don't know and the kids do uh, discover is what you guys just said is right, because they... There is a little key in the front house and Bodu finds a new key and you can see everything that's going on in key house in the dollhouse. And if you start fucking with it, it fucks with the rear house. So Bodhi picks up his bed and accidentally breaks it. And then when he gets home, his bed is snapped in half, uh, which does mean at some point towards the end, you just see a spider crawl into the dollhouse no. and go, oh, some cool shit is going to go down. <laughs> That's what we all collectively did when we saw a spider crawl in there. For sure, we were all like, "This is going to be cool, going to be and cool, not terrifying, and not gross or icky." Yeah, it guys, it's my moment of the week. Uh, just watching the spider crawl in and the the anticipation of what the next scene will be. Uh, it was gross and icky because then they fight a tyrannosaur style. F- spider throughout their house while duncan is constantly going what's happening i'm just trying to make catchy a pepe <laughs> oh unky dunk <laughs> and then uh bodie's new friend takes a pencil uh because bodie facetimes her and he's like this what's going on remember heather's magic please help us from above and she takes a, a pencil so just a giant size pencil impales the spider and gets them all covered in green goo savage it was delightful there's, you guys fucked up not watching they, they, so this, many, these two episodes are dope there's so many ways to kill a spider has that child never seen a spider be killed before why well, is her you want to use a shoe on the house <laughs> i'm not a pencil just crush the whole house you can grab a nappykin and just like smush a nappykin <laughs> you don't need to go pencil and go full stabby that's wild children would, are demons i would have gone to you 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 picked up the house and thrown it out the window <laughs> <laughs> and just watched it go Whoa! what do you think happens off to a the- cliff. <laughs> yeah off a cliff oh i guess i've like, gabe also convinces bodie they should play with the ghost key but it's also gabe can learn how to make other keys and bodie's a little chump oh uh, fucking bodie man oh no you guys it, these are dope episodes i'm enjoying this show fucking watch what it. happened oh, yeah. to so does your buddy bodie need a betty yeah, oh, he's just sleeping on that cracked in half bed. But he's like five, he so he's like, whatever. <laughs> That's such a Bodie move. <laughs> Fucking Bodie. All right, Lock and Key is on Netflix. Our next show is The Walking Dead World Beyond. On this week's episode of Walking Dead World Beyond, Felix will make a discovery that will change everything. Meanwhile, Huck is in a predicament and needs to choose sides. Taste buds, we've moved from spooky month to turkey month. Choose sides for your Thanksgiving dinner. Mac and cheese. Always. Cranberry sauce. Ew. Mike, come on, man. Get the man. fuck out of first here. First thing out of your mouth? The first side you're going to go for It'll is It'll be the first thing sa- out of my mouth as I barf it up, you fucking weirdo. You, you're so... You're yeah, cranberry idiot. sauce rules. The only no. thing... Are, mac and cheese does not go with turkey. Fuck yes, you. That's not a Thanksgiving side. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> I think over the years, since the first Thanksgiving, where pilgrims and Indians lived in harmony, it has become more of a Thanksgiving staple. Mm-hmm. And is it the crispy casserole version? Ew. Yes, Get out of here. Of course here. it is. It's got to be the fancy you're kind. You're a monster. I would lo- listen, I would love to serve Kraft mac and cheese oh. at Thanksgiving, but I'm looked down upon if I do that, okay? Having burnt corners makes it fancy. You bet it does, Mike. What is your cranberry sauce out of a can, you fucking idiot? Hell yeah, that's the best kind. <laughs> and then you probably eat the empty can, you goddamn goat. You're a goat. Yeah, you're a goat on a farm. A family of, <laughs> come from a family of goats. <laughs> All right, Fear the Walking... No, The Walking Dead World Beyond is Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Fear the Walking Dead. No, you fucked up so bad. <laughs> I can't believe you messed up. No, no remember when Mike said cranberry sauce? Oh, he yeah. fucked up. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> 
Let's move on. On this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, Sarah searches for Wendell against the advice of the group, and in the process encounters a dangerous survivor who forces her to take part in a search of his own. Taste Buds, I ask you this. If you had to search for the other two Taste Buds, where's the first place you would look? Toilet. Toilet, yes. <laughs> it's just the go-to. <laughs> I would either search the toilet or throw a pizza pizza on the ground. And a I pizza just, pizza, a little pizza, Caesar? A little pizza yeah, pizza. A, a, whole, a whole hot and ready. <laughs> Just watch us scurry from corners from around the studio. As soon as you know you hear that little Caesar's flop, you get it has a certain flop to the floor, and I know you guys oh, are coming. Right it in. has a certain. Flop, the next time sure. Mike sees that flop and he starts to scurry towards it, <laughs> I'm gonna imagine a giant pencil coming down and <laughs> covering us in goo. <laughs> Actually, he's probably filled with goddamn cranberry sauce. The he's fucking so fat funny. idiot. <laughs> Stuff full of cranberry. All right, Fear the Walking Dead is also Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Supergirl. On the penultimate episode of Supergirl, Nixley is looking for the truth totem while the Supergirl squad is focused on their inner relations. Kara and Alex fight over how to raise uh, how to raise Esme while also working through saying goodbye to Brainy, who must return to the 31st century to save the Colian race. Taste buds, I ask you, have we considered just saying an Irish goodbye to Supergirl? I thought we did. I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was in the talks, but then we saw that old lady who was introducing all the totems to us, and I feel like I don't know where we settled after that because we love that one character. But can we just, you know, hold Irish- on? I just got an email from the board. Yeah. Uh, next week's main event is the last two episodes of Supergirl that are mm-hmm. playing back to back next week. Okay, so absolutely not an Irish goodbye. A full focused, no. fully intimate. We could drink a bunch of whiskey. It's a full English breakfast goodbye. <laughs> full, full continental breakfast over there. I think that we could do it the. Virus hello, which is drink a bunch of whiskey and get it pregnant. There we go. Get Supergirl the TV show pregnant on the CW. You heard me. <laughs> yeah. No fucking qu- Irish as shit. No questions there. <laughs> well, Supergirl is Tuesdays on the CW. You should watch the final one with us. Our next show is Doom Patrol. On this episode of Doom Patrol, Rita makes her moves to become team leader, but her need to destroy Madame Rouge is beginning to cloud her vision. Also, in Doom, true Doom Patrol fashion, nobody wants to be on her stupid team anyway. Meanwhile, Rouge is putting together her own team, finding the Brotherhood of Evil at a supervillain retirement home. Taste buds, I ask you this. Did this episode give you the proper strategies to beat the shit out of a baby? <laughs> Weird question, Mike, but... <laughs> what the hell, Mike? <laughs> you know what? It did. It actually did. Um, just to how Can you lay it out step by step? I don't think so. I, I don't want... That's too powerful of information for you to have and your penchant for beating the shit out of babies. But uh, Madame Rouge is a shapeshifter, and everyone thinks that uh, Madame Rouge has turned into uh, Robot Man's daughter. But then uh, Robot Man is holding the baby, uh, his grandbaby, and then the daughter comes downstairs with the actual baby, and he looks down at the baby that he's holding, and it starts to become Madame Rouge's face. Before she fully transforms back into Madame Rouge, her face changes, but her body stays the same as she runs around the room, punching and kicking everyone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they all were trying to kick the shit out of her they knew what to do <laughs> who had the best uh, baby kicking technique oh man she was pretty wily yeah uh she ran her, like under tables and shit as you would do as a baby but sure also in true baby fashion just laughing her nuts off the entire time <laughs> just cackling <laughs> and middle fingers everywhere <laughs> baby's rule and larry walks in last who is a recently a father i don't know if we talked about this how he gave birth to a space maggot 
Mm, nope. No, <laughs> we didn't. Okay. <laughs> that skipped the conversation somehow. His tumor that he had actually turned out to be a space maggot, and he went to bury it. But then he was like, but that's my son. And so he, un- <laughs> he dug it up and now he's raising it. And everybody's be- trying to be as supportive as possible. But he's like, he's got daddy eyes on and he comes down and sees everyone just taking swings at Robot Man's granddaughter. <laughs> so he's concerned. <laughs> it sounds like maybe we messed up by not watching this one as well. How would you rank? Th- this sounds like a wild Doom Patrol. This one was pretty crazy. Uh, we're getting, I think next week is also its final one. And there's... Just no way that it could be good. Uh, there's so much to wrap up, and they doggy paddled. I, don't, I mean, that like sounds so like negative, but there was so much talking about our feelings in the season that mm. there's just way too fucking much to do in the last episode. Mm. You you apologize. You're like, well, that sounds negative after saying there's no way it can be good. <laughs> so <laughs> is that negative? I don't want to be an asshole, but it's there's no way it's not absolute garbage. It's what my mom used to tell me. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Before she would say I love you. I'm just kidding. She never <laughs> said I love you. <laughs> All right. Let's go to moments of the week. Ryan. Uh, so Madame Rouge is at the re- supervillain retirement home trying to get the brain on wheels and the gorilla. I'm sorry for... I don't remember their names. Um, and they're, you know, not super into it. And while the brain on wheels is trying to explain why they're not that into it, uh, he paces back and forth in front of Madame Rouge and... That's a brain on wheels in front of you pacing. Like, it doesn't have arms that it could put behind its head while it th- or its back while it thinks, but it's still paced. It was a brain on wheels pacing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doom Patrol's Thursdays on HBO Max. Our next show is Batwoman. Mary wakes up in a park, not remembering vines took her and everyone is too mad at her or busy to care. Meanwhile, Ryan makes 30 under 30 and crushes the limelight until her mom makes it look like she's embezzling from Wayne then Sophie's sister gets taken hostage by a gang using faulty freeze tech. Taste buds, I ask you this. What's a worse job for a superhero to have than very public-facing CEO of a billion-dollar company? Politician? Reporter? Like, photographer for Report- a newspaper? No, that one's great. That is a good Because nobody really cares. But, like, Ryan is... Most of the episode takes place during this 30 under 30 party. And Ryan keeps running off to handle Batwoman shit while photographers her pr guy people running like it's time to give speeches like where does she keep going and i'm like yeah why did they make her i don't think the the title of bat person of gotham should also automatically come with ceo of wayne tech (laughs) not because nothing in her life prepared to be a ceo uh but more as a bartender nobody cared if she just left for a while also this is insane don't be a bartender just quit that job too quit all jobs i mean is it is there anything that like you say i want to be I want to keep a foot in the real world, and so I still know what it's like to be a human. If if that's true, CEO of a billion dollar company Not the is way. even more far away from the real world than superhero. Yeah. But also, it could have been a good cover because like CEOs don't do much, so most of the time she wouldn't be working. So she could manage both of them. What do they do? Nothing. Like I don't know. Is it just minesweeper all day? <laughs> it's gotta be. It's a lot of minesweeper eating babies on Jeff Bezos's boat. <laughs> Careful with those babies, though. Some of them Careful. pack a punch. Yeah, some of them will flip you off and run around. That baby just flipped me off, and I'm a CEO. <laughs> but it's uh, so, but this was I, I like Batwoman. Uh, <laughs> CEO trash talk aside, I like Batwoman. S- Sophie's uh, sister is also in the thirty under thirty because she's like a humanitarian of Gotham or some that shit. That only leaves twenty eight kid- more. 
Like, we got, we got she a lot gets, of the list. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. And another one's right. A lot of the characters we know are 30 under 30 Crazy. guys. Like how every ki- uh, character on Saved by the Bell had the exact same high school schedule. Like, how would that happen? Exactly. <laughs> Some faulty admin work. Go to the registrar for that. I want to get away from my friends sometimes so I can just learn. And why registrar? Where you go to register? You could just call it the place where you register. It's got to be registrar. Make it fancy. When I first walked into my high school office, I definitely thought there was a typo just hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, I, did anybody uh, check that? <laughs> I guess I have to go to the registrar at my who skull. Who asked? Mike, did we get any uh, hijinks with her switching between Batwoman? Outfit to CEO outfits? Did she leave them? No, oh, like halfway on. She runs back just with the yeah. cowl. <laughs> was there no, a run I by wish. fruiting? <laughs> there was a run by fruiting, but no, it was. It didn't let itself get that goofy, okay. which I wish it had. What's a, what's our girl Alice up to during all of this? Is she in there? Uh, Alice is hanging out with Mary just for kicks. Just uh, there's no mission. She lied. She told her name Montoya. She knew where like jetpacks. The jetpacker's secret jetpack is hidden, and Montoya's like, okay. <laughs> and she's like, I just didn't want to be in prison today, so I'm going to hang out with you. <laughs> and Mary's like, how did you get Montoya to believe you? She's like, oh, if you lower your voice an octave, she'll believe anything. I just had to be like, the jetpacker is loose. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, and then is constantly telling Mary that nobody cares about your crisis. Remember how I said they don't care about you? Cool. Exhibit A right now. Something obviously happened to you last night and your closest friends are ignoring you. Alice is not wrong right now. <laughs> so they are bonding as sisters and as the teammates that people are ignoring. Oh, man. All right. Let's go ahead and go to moments of the week. Uh, what's yours? It turns out that the PR guy at Wayne Corps, who has been the PR guy for a while, hates Bruce Wayne because mm-hmm. he tells that to Ryan as she starts to deal with some stuff. He's like, I don't know. You like you're doing fine in front of the cameras and I don't have to deal with your alcoholism or like your philandering. So you're always going to be a better like he was just so catty about Bruce Wayne that I loved it. Oh, fantastic. All right. Our final show of the week is Stargirl Oof. on the summer school finale of Stargirl. It's showdown time with the Eclipso, and everyone has come to get a punch in on this little kid. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone, including Not Dead Shade, Grundy, Sportsmaster, Tigress, and Starman himself. With uh, a- Spider-Man, Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, literally, any the, monster, the whole monster mass showed up. The Goonies. But with this everyone working together, Courtney is able to reject the darkness and turn Eclipso into literal toast. Taste buds, I ask you, has there ever been a more hype finale than this episode of Stargirl? Like, before it came out, or you before, just how hyped, hyped I was watching it? Like, before this. So this was, seemed like the perfect finale. Like, it just kept escalating for me. Like, I was li- literally, by the end, like, running around. This was an amazing episode for <laughs> just, me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the summer movie event of the season. It really was. And I feel like a lot of people missed out on it. And they, they're idiots. Yeah. yeah, so many people who are like, uh, Stargirl, a kid show on CW, no. And they're fools, and they are ignoring joy that could be in their life again don't start with this one but you're fools you're fools and again you do think it's a kid's show but i've talked about how hard they go with these kids they have murdered children they like insult them at every turn and this time we get we jump pretty much right into the fight with eclipso and we get to see everybody fighting like versions of themselves or the previous versions of themselves 
which includes Cindy fighting a younger version of herself. Wild to watch. Almost <laughs> the youngest uh, sparring partner. If it wasn't for Doom Patrol, <laughs> this would be the youngest yeah. sparring partner, partner of the week. Yeah, yeah. To watch watch an eighteen year old beat the shit out of a nine year old was weird <laughs> to cheer on the adult in that. It's the fact that they chose. They're like, you know, and at this point, you're gonna drop kick this child. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god. <laughs> Uh, you know, Londa versus Wildcat, like old man Wildcat. So that's yeah. also old man Wildcat, a just a fifty-year-old white dude <laughs> beat the shit out of a teenage girl. Yeah. And then we get pat on pat, you guys. <laughs> yeah, hot pat, hot on, pat, pat on pat on pat. Action. Action. Double pat. <laughs> this this moment, like as soon as. <laughs> You know I love this boy. This acting was wild. Of both of them <laughs> trying to instantly have attitude with each other, like, oh, what are you gonna do? I was like, oh, we can't be doing this. <laughs> now they didn't do the classic. Every punch lands on the punch, like they punch each other in the punch, right? Yeah. Because they're twins. But yeah, there was so much like, fuck you, Pat. Oh yeah, well, fuck you, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even meaner, Pat, than you. <laughs> it was like instantly we got this army pat from both of them, and I was like, we barely know this Pat. How are we getting both of these two badass Pats? <laughs> but um, after those, we get like all of them fighting, and we get probably the best fight scene I've ever seen, or for me, was Cindy and Stargirl working together with the staff to take oh, on Eclipso. Yeah, it was hard to not jump up in your seat at so, that point. Like so It was fucking awesome. Rad. That was like, they work so well together. They're, they have like such a good dynamic of like, I kind of hate you, but also you're, they're like almost sisters with this hatred yeah. level. Almost like two pats the- punching each other <laughs> sexually. The Cindy arc here and her like going to Yolanda and I thought she was going to apologize for sending all those photos, but instead she was like, you got a pass. I, I should get a pass. I want to join the JSA. <laughs> the most entitled. Like I thought she was going to learn. I was like, there could be an apology here. And it was just like, you fucked up. I fucked up. So now we're equal. Bitch, <laughs> do you know how many passes you've been given? <laughs> yeah. Like you're just saying all of those weren't passes. This is, she made one big boo-boo. The rest of them are minor. They don't count. But I love this. Like I love one. We we want Alice on the bat team, right? And this is like mm-hmm. we want the 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 fighting because the good JSA kids don't really fight that much. So we want this tension. We want Cindy to stay on the show. And it's so clear that the show is going to keep doing that because uh, Artemis and her parents have moved in next door. Like the the show knows what we want, and we're like everybody hates each other, but they are also best friends. And let's just watch this play out. Man, Mike, jumping right to the end. What are we doing here? <laughs> Do you have no structure or politeness? I don't. This is all connected, Ryan. It was natural. Again, no. Get get, get structure away. Most hype finale. We can't follow an order here. It's true. There's so much to be excited about because when that uh, I don't know doppelganger fight happens about ten minutes into the thing, you think that's going to be one of maybe two or three set pieces. It never stops after (laughs) that. (laughs) It's forty five minutes of every character the show has ever given us, except for that fucking murdered kid, uh, (laughs) kicking the shit out of each other. Because it already gave us, previously gave us Tuba Nerd and that mag- Murdered Magic Boy. So we've already had them. Murdered Magic Boy. <laughs> but we do get, um, we see Rick, who's going to show up to the fight. No, no hourglass, just just a boy. But then we find out it's a boy Standing in, in front of him, just a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Calling in his other friend, Monster. The, who- thing, the thing that will always, always work for me and shit like this is the perfect timing. Rick, with no uh-huh. powers, knows exactly when to talk to Eclipso to get his snark comment off because he knows exactly when Solomon Grundy is going to be running down the other way yeah. of the intersection to knock him the fuck out. That will, like, that will always work on me. 
it uh what is eclipso says no super strength and rick says oh i got super strength and then grundy comes out of nowhere and punches him it was awesome a little bit of fuck up there though oh i got super strength (laughs) with because of friendship because yeah. you're gonna see real. Oh, there's Grundy. There's okay, Grundy. there's a hot <laughs> no. timing. God damn it! He did have a pause, and he was like, "And this one lasts more than an hour." And I was like, "He lasted like thirty seconds before he got obliterated." <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he doesn't have the power anymore, right? Which Rick, no, Rick does doesn't. Not, no. Rick does not. Oh, Solomon Grundy. Yeah. Well, th- there was so many characters that a lot of them. I mean, like the what's the name of the bad guy family that Mike already spoiled the ending of? Sportsmaster and Tigress. Sportsmaster and Tigress. They did literally nothing. They threw a couple of fastballs at his head. It, yeah. I wonder if it would have been better to just leave them out and have the surprise of, you know, like the, one of the many post-credit scenes that we get. But then we wouldn't have that shot of every character standing yeah. above the toasted Eclipso. And you wouldn't have got me screaming because last week when Courtney made a call and I was like, please let it be Sportsmaster. I thought there was no way. And then when they came on screen, that was when I threw my phone. This was everything I wanted. They brought back everybody. And Cindy's powerful line there where the daughter is like, oh, Cindy called us. And then it cuts to Cindy and she's like, I did. So (laughs) nailed it, Cindy. It's so true. You did. I did call them. Not only do we get them, we also get the shade who had a beautiful entrance of just like they straight up ask him. I think it's Midnighter who's like, what about the dramatic like theater death scene? Yeah. If you're asking that, you don't know the shade very well, do you? Yeah. And that's what he's straight up like. He's like, you know, I have a flair for the dramatics. And then just wanders off. I was like, I love this guy. I fucking love this guy. And then we do have, um, so there was a moment where Courtney is briefly possessed by Eclipso. Did you guys want more of this Dark Sydney? Do you think it was the perfect amount to get just a little bit of it? Yeah, we, per- we've seen, I mean, we're about to do Extaz, mm-hmm. uh, a very special episode of Extaz, so, or a very special um, storyline. Um, so we've seen the Dark thing done before. I think just a couple of seconds. And then what we've also seen a million times, but I can't believe how effective it was, was Courtney's in-brain clip show. Of how loved she was. Oh, yeah. And I, I, there should have been me on the chair in her clip show, <laughs> loving Courtney as well. Just chin in hand. <laughs> it's because they knew to end it with the stepdad moment of like, yes. they yeah. knew which one to end it with. I was like, fuck you guys. Well, they also started it with the stepdad moment because she's going to be strong and not hit Eclipso until. I think Eclipso really does some pat damage. Like, he twists that motherfucking arm oh, yeah. all the way around. You can yeah. hear bones. And then she's like, once she sees Pat in danger, she's like, uh, you know what? Never mind. I fucking hate you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bro. I fucking hate you. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> he gets a little bit of mic. <laughs> I, I, I think we got enough evil Courtney, though, because the, the cackle they made Eclipso Girl do yeah. over and over again, I couldn't have handled more, the, more of that. Yeah. Evil Court was enough, but what I wanted to see more of was Night Court. Boom. Boom. He's too proud of himself. <laughs> Speaking of uh, foolish things, we do have Mike and Yakim with Zeke fixing up the mech. So we get Mike and I've been wanted to bring this up for weeks now. Zeke looks and talks like the least trustworthy. Like he is, he should be going to TMZ. <laughs> he should be calling Russian mobsters to sell this equipment. Uh-huh. He's so sleazy on the outside, yet so trustworthy. How are they trusting this guy just based on looks alone? Did you see how delighted he was when he saw Thunderbolt with Chinese food? I think was the thing that made him the most happy. <laughs> what does he say? Don't try to explain. Yeah. Just, Just let, let me have take this, this in. <laughs> let me have this. <laughs> and then he becomes um, sort of like Mike's vision or like his HUD, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. He's, just, he's just at home just like, use a damn chainsaw, Mike. Yeah. 
Hit that button. I need you to hit that yellow button and saw him in half. And I was like, you saw that motherfucker, little boy. (laughs) While surrounded by tons, (laughs) literal tons of Chinese food boxes. Kids don't really like Chinese food, right? Were you guys Chinese food fans when you were kids? I don't think my family let me have it. Like (laughs) They would order it as As an adult. I was like, wait, I'm going to try this food from this entire continent my family never got. Because um, otherwise, take a couple of those boxes, guys. You have a long night yeah. of fighting ahead of you. A you're going to need to refuel. <laughs> take a little orange chicken break. Um, <laughs> a big moment for this episode was, of course, Starman coming back. Um, oh, shit. Was this like... We, I don't, th- with all of our favorites, when Starman came back, like he, clearly he had to, but we just hit so many highs and then Starman came and I was like, okay. Oh. It's not just that we got so many highs. It, what was confusing is we've gotten little clips of him throughout the season. Uh, Being an asshole. And it made it seem like he was ominous. Yeah. The, the, the present Starman, and then we got to know past Starman, and he was an asshole. So when he just showed up and was helpful and totally on Courtney's side, I was like, what? I understand, what? I understand what you guys are saying, but with an episode like this, not even a show like this, but an episode like this on any show, if they do it right, I mean, we could do that. Joel McHale thing for each of the characters. You know, like Yolanda at some point's like, hey, no more PTSD. You know, like Yeah. But I the the show is so rambunctious, this episode, that I had forgotten. I was like, there's no more surprises left. And then when he puts his hands down and he's like, Welcome to community. Talk <laughs> talk soup. Uh yeah, I it got as many squeals for me as the rest of the episode did. No, it, I thought it was exciting, and then I just got confused because I feel like the series is building him up to be actually kind of a villain. Yeah. And maybe they're like, we'll do that next season. Well, but he's like moving in with them now. I think, yeah, that was rushed. <laughs> and nobody invited. He was like, I have to train you by sleeping on your couch. Later, bitches. <laughs> and uh, then it was Midnighter who had the invitation. He was like, you probably have a full house, I'm assuming. And I'm like, yeah. well, how is everybody else inviting him? I've actually met Starman. He's a real piece of shit. He's going to ask to move in immediately. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, I will not live with him. Um, but speaking of actual villains, we do get a teaser for the future villain. And Ryan, did you, you did some research as to who this is? Because we just see... Just a, a dewy skull on a body. <laughs> yeah, dewy. real dewy. Like, it's, un, like just, Uncle Donald's nephew? Yeah. Yeah, just m- moist. Just a shirt and moist. Yeah, and this is vo- voiced by Keith David. So we have that oh, okay. also from Community, uh, that powerful voice coming out. And he hears about how there's a city full of heroes and villains, which we just think of it as like, this is our world. Our entire yeah. world is Blue Valley because we're viewers. But no, if you think about it, Every, everywhere else in the United States, except for maybe New York, totally calm, except for Blue Valley, Wisconsin, or whatever the fuck, which is filled with heroes and villains. Uh, and he says, I think we should go there. That character's name, Mike, describe him one more time. Uh, like full black, high collar jacket and just a, a dewy, wet skull. It's Dr. Bones. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I love comic books. It's God. Dr. Bones, and he's coming to town. Of course it's Dr. Okay, Bones. Okay, that's why his... His second, she's just like an older lady in a nurse outfit. Mm-hmm. And not like Adam of the State sexy nurse. She's just like she's just hanging out. <laughs> and she's like, I guess we're going to Nebraska. <laughs> like, road trip with Dr. Bones. <laughs> I can't wait. This show is so good. Um, all right, let's go to moments of the week. Mike, what do you got? Uh, it is the Crocs moving next door. That was so exciting. Just like his stupid face. Like, hey there, neighbor. Uh, and then Beth's parents of uh, 
when they get out of the time loop that was killing them and they're like, we don't understand what's happening. And then her mom's like, who is this man and what are you wearing? Yeah. Like just all the realization of what's going on was delightful. We didn't get a chance to talk about Beth, but her parents switched from being terrible parents to being terrible in the equal and opposite way. Yeah. To go from like, uh, just I'm going to ignore my child to I'm going to way overpay attention to my child. And I got a little glimpse of not only did you get us back together, which is something that you cannot, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. But there's right. also a little bit of stage mom and dad, like, we're going to use this to become successful. Yeah. I don't like right. anything that's going on with Beth right now. No, having been a kid who was uh, ignored and then paid too much attention to, like, uh, you, you realize how sweet yeah. being ignored was. <laughs> Grass is always lonelier. <laughs> Ryan, what is your moment of the week? This is going to sound cheesy if you didn't watch it, but you got to understand the kind of show that Stargirl is, and more importantly, the kind of character that Courtney is. Like, she is literally the, like, the pillar of light that is what she was used for in this season. Mm-hmm. And she always has been that, like the beating heart of this show. Just almost too good to be true. So when she sees the Crocs at the door saying they just moved in and then it cuts to her and she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, then it, <laughs> and then it says Stargirl Frenemies. Like, <laughs> Courtney, even though it cut it off at the F and that's not that clever of a joke anymore, from it to come out of Courtney's mouth. like, And it sounded like she yeah. was about to <laughs> yell that word. Yeah, she was going <laughs> to... It's going to hit so hard. <laughs> uh, my moment of the week is when they step into the house where Eclipso is and Pat just walks by little baby Eclipso. He does the weirdest run. It's oh like a little, <laughs> it's like walking past a little chihuahua that you're scared of. Like he has his hands up and he does a sideways He's run. He's like hugging the wall. He's going, ew, 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 ew. <laughs> yucky, yucky little kid. <laughs> And, he just and what's even scarier is Baby Eclipso doesn't like make a move at him. Although that would have been funny if he like, tried to make a play. <laughs> but he just stands there and watches him go across the room. And Pat's like, ew, oh, ew. <laughs> it's so creepy. It's an amazing show. Everybody should be watching it. Um, it was Tuesdays on CW. It will be when it returns. Think about all of the stuff that we just said about the show. And also Luke Wilson is on it. Got it. Watch the goddamn show, people. Watch it. All right. Now we finally get to talk about the return of Extaz. <laughs> Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, bitch, a mini show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s X-Men the Animated Series. The Phoenix Saga has begun, which means we have upped the budget and upped the battlefield by bringing, this, bringing the team to space. After receiving a message from an alien, X sends them on a mission to hijack a space shuttle and stop an invasion from happening. At this point, we do not know much about this group besides they have employed the hottest red daddy in the game. Taste buds, I ask you. <laughs> we could finally start screaming about the Phoenix Saga and space. Let's go. It straight up it begins in space. With like a 12-minute... Of a 19-minute yeah. show, a 12-minute space <laughs> battle. The longest, and not even full battle, like, clip show. Like, it was a, a future clip show. You will one day see all of these characters. Yeah, and it was weirdly intense to have it be one-sided. Like, you see an intense battle happening, and then just uh, Charles reaching out, trying to get answers. Like, what is happening? And you just see yeah. ships exploding, and, and he's like, answer me. And I'm like, oh my god, what if, is happening? If I was Lalandra, who, she's like the Princess Leia, right? Calling out to Charles Xavier's Obi-Wan uh-huh. here. And Charles is just laying in bed, and he says, for 12 minutes, what? Who? What? <laughs> what is happening? Who, who, who are you? And Do if, you know me? If I was Lalandra, at some point I would be like, 
Bitch, never mind. You won't shut no, the fuck up. Somebody else. Just chill the but, fuck out, dude. Like, he wakes them up in the middle of the night and nobody is, everybody's just mad at him and he's like, where's Gambit? Gambit's like, I had a late date. What the fuck you, man? Like, <laughs> well, I, I feel like at this point, that no, was... that's what he says. <laughs> This intro of everybody getting called into the war room after this, they this again, I, you got to point out when the show is equally horny. We just saw so many abs. Like, it, yeah. it, all the men came together and it was just abs. And I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Everyone meet in the war room. The <laughs> storm. What about Storm's PJs, though? Like, we get to see everybody's PJs, and they're mostly normal, right? Like, Jubilee has like the oversized jersey that everyone wore in the right. 80s, just a random number on it. Uh, Cyclops is a full-on old man with the <laughs> the long dress shirt and the lantern and the <laughs> the, the cap, yeah. <laughs> just dealing with some gr- three ghosts. <laughs> uh, but uh, Storm is like in a dress with shoes. Yeah, Storm always is on point. Yeah, you're so never she, gonna catch Storm slacking. Is that what she sleeps in? Or no, that's she. They got called, so she put on her robe and her nighttime slippers, <laughs> little okay. night slippies. Um, but then this is probably the breakdown to the most wild mission they've got sent on as Xavier's like, I want you to knock out a space team. Become terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You will steal a spaceship and go to the space station and then help this doctor. And they're all like, what? Why? And he's like, can't tell you that. <laughs> Just and go. This is the first time. And I do think it's like, because he was missing most of last season, they're no longer, most of them are no longer do whatever Professor X says. They're all like, what? Fuck you, old man. He goes, no, you got to do it. And they go, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Let me ask you guys this, though. Cassie is like a newbie, and Mike, as someone who is wearing a shirt that says X-Men on it right now, (laughs) uh, would you have balked if we got the the story started a little bit earlier, if they just had a spaceship at the mansion? Like, couldn't they have just gotten in a spaceship? I wouldn't be Yeah, surprised. it's surprising they don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked the the whole, like, they have to infiltrate Jubilee as bait. Oh. Yeah, uh, Jubilee as bait. <laughs> Jubilee, you know what to do. I know. Get caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's so bummed about it, but she'll do it. And she's just like, like, where's the chili fries? I want to be an astronaut. Hey, would- Jubilee, maybe if you fucking took off your goddamn zit cream before you came to the war room, we might <laughs> take you on a mission. You know Wolverine's nose. Well, oh, and she's so upset. He points out her. that is mean to bully a thirteen. Yeah, Wolverine just looks at her and he's like, "Zit cream, yeah, really? Like, yeah, I'm a teenager." But we do have so on that mission when Jubilee does get caught, she reacts in the weirdest way. Flirty? Of like, yeah, it's weirdly yeah. the start of a porno. <laughs> and I was like, "You can't. We can't do this." What? Well- <laughs> that was creepy. What I appreciated about like why she has to get caught is because an alarm will go off, and they this cartoon for children acknowledges how easy it is for a, a rocket launch to get scrubbed. Yeah, they said so, like oh, if they don't find somebody, they'll just will cancel the launch. They'll scrub the won't mission. Won't that help? Won't that help if you just don't do the mission? Then if yeah. you're trying to protect this lead guy. Except they still have to stop it, I guess. But yeah, the weirdest moment is we do get them, the X-Men knocking out this team of astronauts and then throwing them in a room and tying them up. And I think Wolverine says something along the lines of like, they got enough food if they wake up. Like, they're like <laughs> hamsters. I was like, what's happening? Just, we're the good mutants, right? Like, why is everyone always against us? We're the good mutants only doing good things. Like, taking over spaceships, knocking people out, making them <laughs> hostage, not giving them food. But then we get, so Jubilee is also kept hostage, and Storm got benched for this to help break out. And she, this is the most, most cartoonish, like, breakout that has ever happened. She just sends in a tornado to swoop yeah. up Jubilee. 
Amazing. But then on the wall of the prison is an exact shape of a tornado that came in and broke through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then up in space, we do get them um, going against, uh, they walk up to, the doctor starts to go op- open something and they all get gassed. And that's when we get yeah. introduced to this, guys, I know nothing about this character. <laughs> But his outfit, look, what is happening? Did they know De- what they were doing? Describe the outfit. Cassie, describe the outfit. Like a leather crop top strap thing, tight leather pants. Like he was full decked out. It's almost like, the, I mean, tight red leather pants, but it's almost like the top part is from galactic football. Like it's the shoulder yeah. pads from galactic football. And but, then a little like belt X going across his chest. But right. like his, most of his torso is just there. To mm-hmm. be looked at. <laughs> and then like a little red crown half mask. Eric the Red. His name is Eric, Eric the Red. Eric okay. the Red. Yeah, that's just going to be An alien named Eric. <laughs> and yeah, we get his, we get a little bit of breakdown of their plan, but not much. We do know that there is a portal or like a time portal that's coming through. Wormhole. Wormhole, thank you. Wormhole. And then what I love, uh, he doesn't even say, hey, remember that voice from the first 12 minutes? That's who I'm trying to kill. He's Mm -hmm. just like, Princess Lelandra will be coming through here, and I'm turning this ancient satellite, like podunk, low-tech satellite into a gun that she won't sense. It's bananas. (laughs) Like, this show has been batshit before, but this is the first time they're like, uh... Eight-year-olds are going to be confused. Fuck off. <laughs> this this episode could have been a five-part series. It could have. Yes. <laughs> and no, we just threw in... They were like, this is the main part of the mission. I'm going to give it a 30-second monologue, throw it all at people, and we're going to go back to this. But we do have... Um, since this wormhole is opening, I there starts being... Get, they have to try to escape and protect themselves from gamma rays. <laughs> You're trying so hard right now. Like the science, <laughs> I'm trying to connect the science. I just know gamma rays, they have to get in a solar pod. Someone has to stay behind. Basically, I'm with you, Cassie. Like maybe Mike understood this, but instead, let's just me and you talk and not let him talk. Uh, <laughs> I just wait for Cyclops, someone like Cyclops to say, we have to get back to the shuttle. And then I'm like, okay, now I know what's happening again. Yes. And they're going to run back to the shuttle. <laughs> yeah. That's all I've got. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that they take out eric the red but in a way that they will all be hurt but the shuttle has a solar shield yeah there is a little pod in there that can protect everyone in the team but somebody still needs to operate the spaceship because right and they all fight about that like like a group of people uh trying to say who's gonna pay for dinner they're all like no i'll stay i will corvo who know who's the, the actual astronaut is like i don't know any of you but hank mccoy but i have these skills i'll do it and they're like we're all just dirty mud blood mutants. We should. You, you need to survive, because I guess their mission is to protect him. Uh, I like that Wolverine or Cyclops is whining. He's like, "I lead the team. It should be me who does it." And this has been his attitude throughout the whole episode. Mm-hmm. I, so Jean just knocks his ass out. She's like, "I can't fucking deal with him right now." But before that is probably my favorite part of this entire episode, where she's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I will uh, sort of sneak into Corvo's mind, and I will learn how to fly this ship." And then she does it, and then she turns back to the X-Men. She's like, so anyway, and as she says, so anyway, he just passes out dead. He's just like, oh, and then falls down. And nobody cares because it's just a goddamn human. (laughs) They wouldn't let him pilot the ship and die, but he can die in this way. So, (laughs) bye. (laughs) But, yeah, so we do get, at this point, you know we got to end on a cliffhanger, and that's with um, Gene piloting the ship and just getting messed up by these rays. And I didn't know if you guys noticed, but as the ship was going down, uh, just really subtly in the foreground and the background and in all the grounds, there was the phoenix's face that was right there. Did you guys notice that? Oh! 
Yeah. See, that's why I have to watch with you guys to explain yeah. all of this shit. The <laughs> subtext. <Right. laughs> oh, but before we get that, I almost missed this. We get the weirdest goodbye from Wolverine. This still this third fucking triangle outside. He knows they're married at this point and he still has to be creepy when Jean's like, I'll sacrifice myself. I love that after she knocks Cyclops out, Wolverine takes her side and he goes, look, but I would never try to stop you. Like He's trying to be still like, I'm better than Cyclops. And I swear, correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, don't. I don't know why people say that. I do not want you to correct me if I'm wrong. I see, you can see Wolverine's little white eye holes like sort of shrivel up as if he's about to cry. Yeah. Little adamantium tears. It did look like he was going to cry. But yeah, so this cliffhanger, we get to see what happens to Gene. Nobody knows uh, in the next one. <laughs> but so that's going to be huge. It's time for us to go to awards, though. It's been so long. Um, let's go ahead and start with most 90s thing. Ryan, what do you got? It's a zit cream. If you weren't alive in the 90s, <laughs> you don't know that we... I mean, they. I was not around in the 90s. Uh <laughs> They were just forced to constantly wear non-stop zit cream and scrub your faces with pads, various pads. You had to pad and then cream and then pad and then cream. And all of none of them worked. Uh, the most they did was destroy your skin even worse. Uh, it's just what they needed to do was come up with a pill that teenagers can take to like have them produce less fish oil out of their goddamn skin <laughs> because te- teenagers are fucking disgusting. But instead, they made a ton of money in the 90s by selling zit creams. And it apparently smelled. So that was huge. Zit cream? (laughs) Shut up, Wolverine. (laughs) Mike, what do you got? Uh, It's a different part of Jubilee's getup. It is the oversized basketball, one can assume, jersey that she sleeps in. That feels so early 90s to me. And it just says like zero or eight. Yeah, eight numbers. Eight what? What is that number for? (laughs) Go team. It's weird that they never fully flushed out Jubilee as a character, but they have her outfits on point. Like, absolutely, that's what she wears to sleep in. Like, they really flushed out that. <laughs> she should have, like, I don't know, taken the way that they treat her to heart and come in, like, footy pajamas with the butt flap. Yeah, oh, it would have been so good. Uh, for most 90s thing, I just have, there's a space crew, obviously, that's operating and helping them, and they are all just controlled by chips in their necks, because, of course, yeah. that's how you control people in the 90s. Well, I, I like, Wolverine is like, I can just do some surgery. Like, he's just gonna yeah. just take shred out. out these things that are implanted <laughs> in their brains. There's also, at one point, Wolverine says, all these gizmos get on my nerves, which is the <laughs> yeah. most boomer anti-tech <laughs> bullshit I've ever heard. All these then, gizmos get on your nerves? What does that mean? You're on a spaceship. You want there to not be no gizmos. gizmos? Just steampunk. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's go ahead. I'm going to give that point to Ryan because, you know, I felt like I know you weren't alive, but somehow it feels like you did live through this zit cream thing. So I'm going to take your word on that. Um, yeah. Our next award is Best Gas Blind. Mike, what do you got for it? <laughs> it's just like X-Men doesn't really break the fourth wall. But Professor X says, here's your mission. I can't tell you why. And Logan says, oh, well, makes as much sense as some of the other stuff we do. <laughs> like, it's the show being like, this is crazy, right? Like, <laughs> But we all just accept it. We're At this point, we're all long for the ride. Uh, Ryan, what are you, what's yours? I'm going to do uh, more of a classic one, which is after all of this Lalandra trying to get Xavier to shut the fuck up for two seconds so she could give him a message. Uh, he he does sort of break the fourth wall. He just looks at us and says, oh, they're coming. And we don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah. But they are. So it's true. They indeed are. Uh, for Best Gasp Line, I just have um, 
when Xavier announced that he was going to keep Storm from the fight, he said, you get to stay behind. And I was like, what? Yeah. You're not going to send hey, the most powerful one? You have the skills. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I know she controls elements, but like, space got to have something. Like, you control space dust or something up there. You know who know, knew what that meant the most is Jean Grey. Like, oh, you're going to keep Storm back instead of me now. So I guess you've moved on to <laughs> looking at a different girl's butt. <laughs> He's disgusting. He is disgusting. He's a monster. Uh, Mike, I'm gonna give that one to you though, because you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I really feel like I earned it. <laughs> no, you did. You 100% did. And you know what? Let's go ahead and move on to best use of power. Uh, Ryan, what do you got for it? Uh, I mean, I think you got to give it to Jean Grey's mind shit. She's doing a lot of the heavy lifting in this episode. Um, if Storm was there, then she probably would be doing it. But because Storm is sidelined, then. Uh, Basically, Jean Grey is going to win every episode that Storm is sidelined or she doesn't eat shit for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. A a crack in the tiles. I tripped. (laughs) There's grout here. (laughs) You know I can't walk over grout. (laughs) Mike, what's her kryptonite? (laughs) What do you got, Mike? Uh, Yeah, it's Jean. I'm going to say specifically, though, it's that when she orgasms them to safety at the end. (laughs) My wife ran ran into the room to see what I was watching. (laughs) And for the first time, it wasn't X-Men porno. If if you watch this with subtitles, it says groans, dot, dot, dot. Oh, wow, is she groaning, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it was intense. And uh, horror orgasm saves the rest of the team. Also, the fact that nobody in the booth was like, you don't need to do a second take on that one. We'll put that in the kids show. Um, you guys are fools, though, because best use of power is obviously the tornado jailbreak. Like, it's got to be. So um, those were good ones. I am going to give that point to me, though, of course. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to LVP. Uh, Ryan, what do you got for it? It's got to be Dr. Corvo. Corvo? Or Vo? Uh, Corvo. Just, uh, like, he sort of just stands around going, Oh, Hank McCoy. And then uh, gets mind trapped, and but it really is at the end. He can't even take a simple Jean Grey taking the instructions for flying a spaceship out of his head before he just passes out and dies. Like, what the fuck are you doing, doctor? You call yourself a doctor? How'd you get that doctorate, uh, Mike? What do? You, what about you? Mine is, and like you know, I'm a long time Scott Summers defender, but it has to be Cyclops. E when. Charles gives them their orders and everybody else is like, I have some issues with this very vague, I had a dream, so now we have to go be terrorists. Cyclops is like, everybody be quiet. This is what we're doing. And then he goes into Professor X uh, privately and he's like, don't you trust us? Don't you trust me to lead this team? (laughs) And then he just whines about how he's the team leader throughout the rest of the goddamn episode. We got to talk about that scene though, Mike, because uh, canonically... In pop filter in the pop filter studios. If I said, "Hey, Mike, can you go in the corner?" What's the noise that would happen? Go in the corner? Yeah, like no. Can you? <laughs> I have to talk to Cassie. Can you uh, leave the room real quick? Oh, walk, 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 walk. When Cyclops opens the door to Professor X's room, Professor X is like forty yards away, and Cyclops has to walk towards him, and it is the most walk, 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 cartoon <laughs> animated scene I have ever seen in my like. The way Cyclops' body moves, I understand the animation. There was troubles. I understand the budget. But it is like, there's no way you can think anything or can't think anything but walk, 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 And it is just the most sad of like, but daddy, I'm still your favorite, right? And you still love me. Why don't you trust me? Like, I was like, this is insane. Mike, you're 100% right. Because I have Cyclops as well for that moment. And also for when he was like, I should be the one to do this because I can fly the spaceship. And then he just presses two buttons. Like he just starts hitting (laughs) buttons like a kid playing Uh... Street Fighter. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so Mike, I'm gonna give that point to you because you, I, if you match me, you get the point. Our final award is MVP. What do you got, Mike? Wait, what did you get first? Uh, what did I get first? Well, tell me after Mike goes. Okay. Jean. She covers their entryway in. She stops the hat. She sacrifices herself. It's got to be Jean. Got to be Jean. Um, what do you want? Do you want me to tell you what I put down? Well, then I'm just going to say it and then get the point. Yeah, then, but uh, he said it first now. Oh, he did? Okay. Then I will go with uh, Eric the Reds Taylor. Um, <laughs> whoever designed this uniform. Guys, what do we think that we're doing with homoeroticism in this show? Because there's obvious stuff going on in the history of comic books through like this is all through the male gaze and this is all, you know, it's not just the way that girls look, but also men. And then we mm-hmm. have a costume like this and it's either got to be, there's got to be some secret thing, whether it's I want, you want to put more homoerotic stuff in there or you want to make it seem like they're the villain. If you see leather clad daddies like this, know that they're the baddie. Mm. Right. But something. Leather get daddies or leather clad baddies. <laughs> something is going on here. Am I wrong? There probably is something, but man, was he fucking working it. So, <laughs> um, Ryan, you found the one work around this because, of course, Gene is the MVP, except for the Taylor. I didn't even consider this. Gene was doing, she literally saved the team. This whole thing's going to be about her. But she'll Erica ha- Red's Taylor saved my marriage. She'll, so. <laughs> <laughs> she'll have another moment this season. So, of course, that's going to go to you. That means point totals. I ended up with one, and Mike and Ryan on the return of X Taz, the two favorite boys have tied this season this what's the tie question the tiebreaker the tiebreaker yeah, tie break tie break um what is the best wolverine line of this episode it's the gizmos the <laughs> <laughs> these gizmos. all these gizmos he follows up all these gizmos get on my nerves and then he before anybody can respond to that he says does anyone know why we're on this tub yeah. he calls the spaceship a tub he still ha- midway through the mission goes what are we doing <laughs> Did, like, and what I want is for him to be like, uh, like, why are we on the spaceship? I mean, I mean, tub. Wolverine would say something yeah. like tub, right? Tub. <laughs> uh, another great Wolverine line is, uh, looks like there's going to be a barbecue and we're the main course. <laughs> Wolverine, Wolverine, who are you talking God. to, bro? <laughs> <laughs> How has nobody talked to him on the team about this at this point? Like, <laughs> Well, I think it's because in the first two seasons, he leaves every time there's a mission. He does it. He normally does. He goes where he wants to go. This is the first time he's been at the beginning of a mission, and he's just like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> I know we're out of time, but can we also give some special LVP shout out to Gambit, who knew he was about to pass out, but then two, then still lit up two carts anyway. In space, like, <laughs> in gas, he was like, "Hold on, I don't know what any of this is, but let me ignite this." Oh, uh, Gambit! Fucking Gambit! And he came out in that tiny ass little scarf at the beginning <laughs> from his date. Oh, God, fucking Gambit! You guys told everybody in the X Men to smell his fingers. Gambit, shut the. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> he wants here. All right. Smells like zit cream, Gambit. <laughs> Ew. What did what was he into last night? Okay. It is now that is the cue to end this segment. And Mike, I, I believe you have an interview coming up. Yeah, I got to talk with Adam and Kaylin from uh Homo Superior, which is a dope podcast they go through X-Men books. They also make drinks for the characters and the drinks both Ooh. I'd say have the spirit of the character, but look, the, the, the colors, one of them is a bartender. The, the colors have that, like the Mr. Sinister drink, how it looks like Mr. Sinister as a beverage. It's crazy. That's not uh, so But right. they're, they're a lot of fun, even though there's five of them and that's too many people for a show. That's <laughs> entirely too many. We're going to listen to all these people right now. Welcome to the crossover, Crisis on Infinite Pods, the segment where we introduce you to other podcaster types doing cool things in the wide world of nerddom. 
Today's guests, I have Kaylin Batia and Adam Kusari, two-fifths of Homo Superior, the show where five gay nerds based in Washington, D.C. chat about the latest X-Men comics and other pop culture things. Welcome, Kaylin and Adam. Hello. Ooh, thanks. I want to start off real high level. Five people is such a big fucking group to record a show. How, <laughs> how, how and why? Okay, the secret... The not so secret origin of Homo Superior, and Adam will you know help fill in the details because he was there for it. Is so there's a bar in DC that we go to all the time, and uh, like on a Sunday after brunch, we end up there and take over a booth. And I was probably three sheets to the wind, and I turned to our friend Ryan, who's as big an X Men fan, if not bigger than I am, and, and I said, "We should start a podcast." Uh, based on the new X-Men comics that are coming out. This is like in 2017. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Clark should join us because he's as big as X-Men fan, if not bigger than both of us combined. Adam was there. He's like, oh, I want to do this too. Like, I like X-Men. I love the animated series. I read a lot of X-Men. I and threw then up Brent, on the table first, and then I said, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. True hero. Uh, which was uh, very clairvoyant of like the, the content that you bring to the podcast, Adam. <laughs> and then um, Brent was like, hey, I'll help engineer it. And so Brent was supposed to be, we called him Soundboy at the very beginning. And then he was never supposed to talk, but then yeah. he wouldn't shut he wouldn't shut up. And so five of us, uh, we're, we're, we were all friends for a long time. Many of us have a background in comedy, including Adam, Brent, and Ryan. Clark and I are sort of the outliers in that regard. But, you know, even though we don't have a background in comedy, we make up for it by being really knowledgeable and really dull. Yeah, um, you're the dry, <laughs> serious nuance. Yeah, I can, the, we do have, I feel like it's almost like alternating scales of comic knowledge on one end and then like comedy on the other. And, you know, I would put myself higher on the comedy, lower on the knowledge. And then Kalen's definitely got the knowledge. He's not very funny. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you have a beard as mighty and lustrous as Kalen's, I don't know if you need to be funny. Yeah, no, to, I'm jealous and uh, turned on. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Kalen's whole deal. Well, as I say, you're jealous. I have literally, I've tried to grow beards for years and to nothing. At least you have like a regular, like full out, like it looks good. Thank my, you. I've been told I'm not allowed to shave. My, my wife, a few <laughs> times I've shaved since we've been together. She's like, who the fuck is this? So yeah. I, you know, when the person you're with doesn't like your face, you have to grow. <laughs> Keep it going. So yeah, let, let's, I mean, the other three didn't show up, so fuck them. So we'll just dig into <laughs> your guys' uh, personal nerd origin stories. Uh, we can start with you, Adam. I have been a nerd since time immemorial, I think. Like, I was going, it's just the funniest story to me, is like on Tuesday nights in like mid-90s, probably early nineties, my mom would go to Weight Watchers and the strip mall. Mm -hmm. And there was a, uh, Wiz it was wizard world. I think is what it was called. It was like a big comic store. They had like Warhammer. They had some video game consoles. They had nice. comics. And like, I was already like, even before that collecting, like my big into Marvel and into just general, like comics was Fleer ultra like trading cards. Yeah. Like, Marvel masterpieces. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. All of those, like, very into them. Never really read them when I was a kid or probably couldn't afford to, but I was always, like, every time we're at a store, it's like, buy me a pack of cards, like, building up these <laughs> collections, reading the back of the cards, knowing everything about, like, the characters and the plot lines, but having no knowledge of what was actually happening in the comics. Right. <laughs> but so started going, like, would always go every Tuesday, would always have my, like, pick list, would grab stuff, and just, like, kept just running with it. I was like, I 
still, I also have really embarrassing stories around how much I loved J-pop when I was like seven, like 16, 17. I was like burning, but fucking downloading Kazaa Napster songs, <laughs> burning them onto like CDs, driving around in my like shitty Civic and like losing my mind to it. Um, <laughs> and then just was really happy to keep like landing further and further as I got older into actual friends that also loved video games, loved comics. I'd say my main love is definitely like games first, really, really big gamer. My, my boyfriend's a huge gamer too. And then like, if you could see my, I'm looking at my bookshelf in our bedroom, it's just like nothing but manga, nothing but trade paperbacks and action figures I've had since I was like nine that I'm like, they still look kind of cool. I'll bring them with me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, uh, I've always like juggled being a huge nerd, but also like wanting to bring that to people as opposed to kind of hide it away sort of thing. Sure. One of the, the rare brave nerds of the nineties. <laughs> Kaylin, what about you? So uh, I was born in India, in Bombay, and um, you know moved to the United States when I was super young. But like I have m- my earliest memories of reading was reading comics, mm-hmm. uh, and it was my grandfather was really into Archie comics, and we'd read them together. And like I have really good memories of that. Um, and my uncle would get me like both Tintin uh, and Asterix of Gaul comics. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with those European, like the French and Belgian. Totally. sort of graphic novels like Ben Dessinay basically. And so I love the the like the art form, but once I discovered superheroes, like I remember like the first time I saw Batman, I was like, who is that? I need to know everything <laughs> about him. I'm like, I need to know like is like I'm I am that obsessive, you know, geek where like as soon as I like find something that I love or just, you know, uh like cherish, I just get obsessed by it and I've got to know everything about it. Which is perfect for being an X-Men fan. Sad so for being a boyfriend, though. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that why I'm single right now? Um, and so, uh, <laughs> um, so fast forward a few years, uh, you know, my mom uh, like would go to the mall sometimes, and like she's like, "Well, can I?" You know, she'd ask me if I wanted a comic book or something from the local bookstore. Uh, I said, "Yeah, whatever." So she brought me Uncanny X Men number one ninety nine, and the cover I still vividly remember. It's Rachel Gray as the Phoenix. And it's like the cover just sucks you in. Mm-hmm. It absolutely just brings you in. And like, like six year old, seven year old Kalen at the time is like, Whoa, what the hell? This is so cool. And I knew of the X-Men only from the Spider-Man and his amazing friends cartoon. Yeah. Uh, that, w- that w- was around in the, in the early mid eighties. And so, you know, of course, once you start reading an X-Men comic, I firmly believe this is any X-Men fan. You start reading, you were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What is going on? Who are these people? I recognize Wolverine a little bit. I recognize Cyclops. Like, wait, Cyclops has a daughter and they're the same age now. Magneto might be a good guy. Like, who is Mystique? Who is Destiny? You know, I'm like, I was obsessed with who these characters were, but I didn't start regularly collecting them, you know, X-Men comics, I would say, until like the Inferno era, which is like a, a number of years later. And then from there, I was like always kind of mostly in sometimes out with X-Men, I would just sort of keep up even when I wasn't reading it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've been a nerd my entire life, been a comic fan, my most of my life. And, you know, the fact that we've been able to do homo superior for nearly five years, Adam, can you believe it's been nearly five years? I didn't oh, think we'd well. last more than five episodes. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, like it, this coming spring, we'll be hitting our fifth anniversary and uh, the fact that we can, you know, I get a, an outlet to talk about this with Adam and Brent and Clark and Ryan. And quite frankly, during the pandemic, even though we're still there, 
it was like one of my bright spots each week, you know, even though when we were, we couldn't meet in person, we were doing it over zoom, you know, like it's like Thursday evening at 7 PM. Uh, you know, look, we, we sat down to record. It was like, like, these are my people. We get to do what we love, even though we're, it's a, you know, kind of a shitty time. Yeah. I think like you were saying earlier uh, about like how the fuck could five people possibly (laughs) talk on a podcast and make any sense. And we don't always all the time, but I do think that there's a lot of cathartic release of just being around a bunch of friends. One of the like funniest reviews we got once on uh, iTunes was just like, it sounds like this is just a bar with people talking that live right outside the gifted like school for youngsters. Uh, Harry's hideaway. Yes, exactly. And I was just like, yeah, that's kind of what we were going for. And that's the only way a podcast would succeed that has five people on it continuously trying to like get a word in edgewise. I, I, I like that as an angle. And it's one of those things where like, I mean, you guys were around for, you know, a good few years before the pandemic, but it fe- during the pandemic, it, it changes from like, I want to listen to this thing to hear like jokes and analysis and became a lifeline. Like mm-hmm. I need, I can't see friends. These will now be my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just like podcasting is always intimate, but it definitely like has uh, increased that intimacy. It feels mm-hmm. between oh, the, totally. the podcasters. Uh, I like doing these interviews because I say uh, vulnerable things that my co-host would never hear me say on our show. <laughs> So you guys see a real human. (laughs) What's a vulnerable thing that you wouldn't talk about on your show? Oh, that I think podcasting is an intimate art. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) That even, even just admitting I'm a human. (laughs) What, what is the format of your show? That probably should have been an earlier question. So yeah, uh, it's, it's evolved actually. So it started off by, we would um, review like whatever X-Men comics were coming out that week. And we would go, uh, not page by page, but we would sometimes like, uh, you know, we would go through it and then it became like, who could out joke one another and out pun one another. And then we'd have like one of our most memorable, uh, segments was, uh, we would do an MVP and the MVP would always end up becoming this gremlin in the back, you know, it would never be one of the main characters and, and Brent, like in one issue of weapon X, uh, which is a spinoff of, uh, one of the X books you know, said that he really loved these farmers, like the farmers who he's for. And we were all like, no, you idiot. Those are cows. You <laughs> fucking idiot. Like we went over and over again. And like, we all started screaming at him. Ryan Carl, especially Ryan is our screamer, I would say. But now we've, we've evolved into like having different segments. We do, we have a news flash where we talk about the comics news, comics mm-hmm. and movies news of the day, but it's our, it's not like breaking news because it's, you know, other outlets have broken them. It's more us like reacting to it. We do comic reviews. We have something called the trailer park and it's usually Brent using his like George and Southern accent. We're going out in the trailer park. <laughs> um, and then if there's like a, a Marvel show, like what if we just ended or Loki or whatever, we'll do like a, you know, a weekly review of that. And oh, then nice. um, during Halloween right now, we're playing a lot of like fun, spooky games. Uh, like, you know, if, what kind of serial killer would you be or make a non-scary movie into a scary movie? So mm-hmm. we, we play around with the format. It's always it's always kind of evolving, mostly just to make sure that we don't fall into a rut. I'd always tell people to just listen to some of the more recent ones. We, had, we did have a bit of some dark ages. We were like really self-indulgent as we were getting started. We're like, I'm always like, I had a, a, my boyfriend's friend visited and they were like, I'm going to start listening. I was like, I'm listening to number one. I was like, don't do it. What you do, don't do it. Just, just oh get, the, get the current culture and yeah. just listen to the fun stuff. You're not going to miss anything, I swear. <laughs> 
And do you guys only do current uh, floppies, or do you do like God loves man kills? Do you do like th- some of the big hits from the old school eras, or we've we've definitely gone back in the past. So we had um, kind of an offshoot called Class X, like classics, where we would like kind of review older X books or mm-hmm. the older superhero comics based on what was kind of coming out that week or that month. And now we're doing um, something, uh, I think actually, Adam, you coined this Hickopedia, uh, where, uh, so Jonathan Hickman is the, the current but outgoing architect of the X-Men books. Right. And he's, you know, been with Marvel off and on for the last 12 years. And so we've gone back and kind of like started analyzing and reviewing his earlier work just to see how his style has evolved and mm-hmm. like what was there from the beginning and what he's been able to pick up. So we did Secret Warriors, which is his first Marvel work. We did S.H.I.E.L.D., We've got his Fantastic Four and his Avengers coming up in the next few months. We've also done uh, segments very limitedly, but the idea of like secret records. And so we've done stuff that's like a bit outside of comic nerddom, but certainly still like more like obsessive fandom nerddom. Mm-hmm. So like there was the Fargo series. And then also, what else, Kelly, Kelly, what did you and Brent do? We did, um, we did uh, Mrs. America. Uh, yes. the miniseries oh, nice. of Hulu last week. And we did uh, the plot against America, the David Simon show uh, based on the speculative fiction novel uh, by uh, God. I can't remember his first name. Philip Roth, maybe Roth is definitely his last name. Uh, so yeah, finding, we like, I was gonna say, we're just finding, always finding ways for people to hear our dulcet tone. So if you, <laughs> and, and you know, we're just like, we'll take on anything. We love sure. <laughs> just sitting at a bar talking usually is what we're, how we try and to position ourselves. When you, when you go beyond, when, when you do like the Mrs. America or Fargo, do you, are those separate episodes or you're like, I don't care if you're here for Wolverine, you're going to hear what I have to say about Mrs. America. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the main episode, like we have a weekly where it's the standard, like Kaylin was saying, news flash and comics mm-hmm. trailer park. And then that's exactly right. Every other type of thing we described is their own standalone. Right. So you can always find it. Just search for those particular things. Um, and yeah, we've got, we do to your point though, we have a lot of the times, anytime someone brings something up, we're just coin it. And during the weekly, we're just, and especially Clark is number one. It's like Clark's corner, right? The motherfucker will just be like, we'll be trying to move on to something and be like, I have something to say about this completely random thing that I just thought <laughs> about right now. And we'll say, great, let's listen, let's interact and make this fun. And then let's get the hell out of here because we got other shit to talk about. But um, we're always I, up to talking about anything. Well, uh, Adam just reminded me early on. You know, we would review like some of the Marvel Netflix shows, like mm-hmm. Daredevil and so on. And, and so with Defenders, which is the one that like brought all those characters together, um, you know, what we did was like we'd review each episode, and like the penultimate episode, Clark was responsible for reviewing it or like <laughs> recapping it. And he's like, "I didn't like this episode. I'm not going to talk about that." So we ended up talking about an old episode of Silver Spoons with uh, uh, Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> yeah. And we just all look at each other. We're like, what? This is like the first like four or five months we were together. And like, yeah. we're all just looking to like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and uh, so Adam's not wrong. It's like sometimes like, you know, Clark, whatever he wants to talk about, he just ends up talking about. And I, for good reason, I think he's the most popular member because he's such a, he's like, he's our Wolverine. He's such You're a wild card. Chaos. You never know what's going yes. Yeah, completely. <laughs> We've, we've coined actually a literal own, it goes beyond that. Like we have an ongoing segment now on our weekly called Clark's got something, watch out. And so we just <laughs> simply say it when we're planning, like Clark, do you got something? And he's like, yes or no. And they are just one time we played like, it was like X-Men Olympics. We play, some of them are, have been, Oh, we played where it's like, if all of us, all of our partners were dead and we were on Mars, who would start dating or like kill each other. Like it was mm-hmm. all just very, 
<laughs> it's it's hopefully enjoyable to the listeners. Very enjoyable for us. I will say, for being a close, or maybe this is a sign of a close knit group of friends. Y'all talk about killing each other a lot from the ones I've listened to. Uh, so I think that's oh, yeah. kill yeah. the bonds. Oh, it's yeah. very much a relationship built on the, the thin line between love and hate is very real. I think. <laughs> we are back from that interview, Mike. You know, there's a lot of voices. You did a great job on it, though. Thank you. And there only two of them showed up. Well, I told them we know that we just listened to it, and we yeah, knew. Okay. But their spirit—that was a lot of voices. The ghosts were still there, and you could hear them chittering in the back. You know. Yes. But um, that. You know, it's time. It's the end of the show. It's time to do some plugs. So, Mike, tell me about some websites. Yourpopfilter.com is where you can go to get everything we create. Throw a little slash Amazon on the back end of that. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. It is the holiday season upon us. You know you'll be shopping. Shop early because supply chains are breaking down. Uh, so why don't you shop through that? So help us out a little. Fucking Biden. <laughs> patreon.com slash your pop filter is also another website you could go to because uh, i lied before when i said everything we make is on your pop filter we make a whole bunch of better cooler special stuff over at patreon.com slash your pop filter and ryan can you tell us about the other shows yeah cassie i have to do this every week so i think i'm capable of doing it right now <laughs> but thanks for asking let's see oh let's see you don't are let's, you doubting let's me right now fucking see if all right pull it off <clears throat> name one name one big boy movie of the year Wow. (laughs) Is the only show on the internet that tries to figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year that also stars me and Mike and Cassie. Cassie, do you want to reveal it right now? Because that will lock you in. Uh, We're doing 1991. And what is the only 91 movie that you guys could cover? Of course, it's going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's all about the ooze, baby. Have you figured out what the secret is? The secret of the ooze? Yes. No. That's the secret I speak of, yes. We simply, nobody knows quite yet. And we're, we're working on it. By the time that episode airs, we will know the secret of the ooze. Do you know what I think it is? It's not just the secret of the ooze, but it's the secret of the Oz. Because those are the noises I make when I watch the movie. Ooze and Oz? Ooze and Oz. Fuck off. Okay. Uh, the other <laughs> show, is, sorry, Cassie, is The Unnatural 20s. Um, that is about three ladies in their 20s-ish. For a little bit longer as they roll a D20 to see how they're going to get through their journey. This little journey called life. They're all on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of your podcatchers. Please rate, review, and subscribe to all of them. And Mike, tell us about social media. At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. Can we tell? We're going to start doing uh, giveaways. So follow us there if you want some free shit. And it's good free shit, you guys. Real good free shit. Probably. <laughs> we got we got dope new shirts coming in. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for that too. Uh we also got an email contact at your pop filter. Next week we got a big episode because we are gonna have an official goodbye to Supergirl. We're focusing in on it. Also, Doom we're saying goodbye to Doom Patrol for the season and hello to the Eternals. So be sure to tune in for that. It's gonna be fun. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye everyone. 